available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, the federal government announced $219 million for its 60% share of an agri-recovery payment targeted at livestock producers in areas of Western Canada impacted by drought. Saskatchewan committed its 40% two months ago. The Canada-Saskatchewan Feed Program will cover 70% of extraordinary costs related to feed purchases and transportation costs, as well as pasture rentals. Funding will provide eligible producers an initial payment of up to $150 per head to help maintain the breeding herd in drought regions. Jeff Morrow is the acting president and CEO of Saskatchewan Crop Insurance, who will administer the program, and he will provide details on what producers will need to do to apply. Some very enthusiastic school-age children took a field trip to a farm near Norquay, Saskatchewan to participate in a program called Food Farm. Food Farm aims to teach children about Saskatchewan's agriculture industry and it has been hosted by Jennifer Lindgren and her family for a number of years. Jennifer will share what the students were learning about during the tour and while her family feels it's important to share all this good news information on agriculture. After the break, Jeff Morrow. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. The federal government has come up with its portion of money through the Agri-Recovery Program to help livestock producers that have been affected by drought on the prairies. Specifically, Saskatchewan producers will be able to apply for money from Agri-Recovery through the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation. And I'm speaking with Acting President and CEO of SAS Crop Insurance, Jeff Morrow. And uh, Jeff, uh, let's talk about this announcement that was made and uh, how that will help producers uh, that are dealing with the the dry conditions. Yeah, so what what will be available um, for producers um, that have demonstrated or that have incurred, I should say, extraordinary costs related to feed or transportation uh, over this 2023 year where we know drought impacted a large portion of our province and really impacted the livestock sector, what they'll be uh, eligible for based on those expenses is up to a maximum or up to a, a $150 uh, per eligible animal. Um, and, and really the, the program's intent is, is to help to retain the breeding stock that we have in this province. Uh, that's what it's geared towards. So the, the program will be based on the extraordinary expenses up to that $150 per eligible animal. Specifically, what kind of documentation will producers have to provide when they are applying under this program? Yeah, so um, applications, we we should have those available next week for producers. Uh, They can find those on our website, scic.ca. And what we will require is documented proof of of those extraordinary expenses. So we're looking for receipts. Um, So if you've, you know, incurred, uh, higher feed costs than normal. You've had to purchase extra feed because you you lost grazing days or your hay yield was poor. We need uh, receipts just to document uh, that you've incurred that extra expense, and then we're able to cover up to 70% of that um, extraordinary cost. And I understand that also covers transportation costs. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's feed, it's transportation. And that's transportation, you know, to get feed or transporting livestock to feed. 
um, additional land that you may need for great, maybe rented for grazing or for additional feed production. Those are the, the types of extraordinary expenses that are eligible under this program. And can you explain to us what animal species are covered? Obviously, beef cattle are probably at the top of the list, but what others are also included under this program? Yeah, so beef cattle um, and then bison, elk, deer, sheep, goats, and horses. Now, there's a reference to breeding animals. So what are we talking about specifically? So for, I'll use cattle for the example. So that's your... Um, your cows, your bulls, and we also have an allowance for up to 15% um, um, of your retaining heifers for the purpose of breeding. The deadline to apply is March 1st, but if you apply now and you have additional expenses before the deadline of March 1st, how exactly does that work? What does a producer have to do? Do they have to apply again? Yes, you can, um, for sure. Um, and for the expenses that you've incurred, we do go back retroactively. So expenses that you incurred as of May 1st are eligible. Um, so make sure we want to encourage producers to document all those extraordinary expenses that they've incurred going back to May 1st and eligible to submit up to March 1st of 2024. Would that... Um process for applying the second time be the same as the first just uh, i guess making adjustments for those new or additional receipts yeah if they have extra documentation um it would be the same process i believe um but a lot of those details when we you know when we make those applications available next week um we'll be able to talk through that with producers for sure um so I, I'm not exactly sure on the exact process, but I do know that it, there is the ability of producers to incur more expenses after their original application, provided it's before March 1st, that those would be, we'd be eligible, provided they haven't reached the maximum already. A large number of RMs were included in this uh, specified area. Can you explain to us how the decision was made about uh, who was in and who was out and eligible for the program? So that was... Um, um, one of the conditions for the federal cost sharing of this program um, that it needed to be um, associated with the Canadian drought monitor. Um, so what we did with that information that was required by the federal government is drew our boundaries around that Canadian drought monitor. What about the producers that are affected but are just outside of that border? Is there an appeal process for a producer in that situation? I was dry, but I'm not exactly in that boundary. Yeah, so for, for producers outside of the boundary, we do encourage them to still apply. Um, you know, as I said, the, the provincial government committed their full $70 million. So provincial-only funding may be an option for producers outside of that determined eligible area. So, yeah, we certainly encourage producers to um, to have a conversation with us and apply if they're not in that designated area. If there's not enough money to pay everybody, what happens then? We're managing that through, I think, the initial payment process. We're watching applications as they come in um, closely to make sure we align with the budget. Um, that's what I will manage it through that process. And just one final uh, comment from you that... Uh, it's $150 ahead, even if you have receipts that may warrant more than that? Yes, that's the initial payment. 
And based on kind of like what you were just alluding to, based on the applications we get in, dollars put out, then there could be top-up payments after that. Jeff Morrow is the acting president and CEO of Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation, who will administer the Canada-Saskatchewan feed program for producers affected by drought. After the break, Jennifer Lindgren of Lindgren Farms talks about another successful food farm held for elementary students. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Lindgren Farms near Norquay, Saskatchewan, hosted the fall edition of their food farm with school children from across the region in attendance. With me is Jennifer Lindgren. Jennifer, the school visit focus on harvest now, and the students really get to see the results of the seeds that were planted in the spring and what they look like now. Uh, the day was great. Um, it's so good to see the kids out again after coming back from the spring food farm. There's always so much excitement and enthusiasm from the kids when they come back to the farm. What do the students see? Yeah, this fall we did, we had SAS Power Out again. That's always an exciting one for the kids. They always seem to really absorb the safety aspect of power lines and what to do if you hit a power line. Um, our other safety one was we had auger safety and we actually had a gentleman who had lost his arm in an auger show his arm and explain what not to do so that uh, kids could understand why not to stick their arm in an auger. So those are our two safety stations. Uh, we always do an equipment station, so combine, and we showed the kids how to dump a truck into a bin. And we had goats this year for our animals, and they were very excited to learn about the different byproducts that you can get from goat milk and the different kind of goats there are, um, meat and dairy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then also we had oats and wheat and canola and legumes, and they got to grind and mash all that stuff up and got to try the different products that come from those crops. And what communities did the students come from? Yeah, we had Norquay, Sturgis, Campsack, and Priestel. They're the schools that continuously come out, so it's good to see them back every year. And every year it seems like uh, the kids really enjoy the experience. It's just so good to impact the kids. I got messages from the teachers and the parents afterwards just saying that their kids are excited to learn about agriculture right until bedtime and being able to see it for themselves on the farm made it more amazing for them. So I guess our hearts are pretty full when the kids leave after the end of the day. And I guess we've done our job to share our love for agriculture. And I guess the timing was right because you just finished harvest the Sunday before. Yeah, we were had just under 14,000 acres to get off. So we had our neighbors pull in to give us a hand on Thanksgiving. So it was a pretty wonderful day. We had the green versus the red out there and it was quite the sight to see. Tell us about what you seeded this year. Uh, We have canola, oats, wheat, and peas. Fields are really good. Yeah, we're really happy with how they were, how the crops came off. Without having a frost this fall early on, the canola was pretty tough chewing. Um, But I guess when you get a good yield, you got to be patient and just take her slow to get the crop off. Crop quality was good. Yeah, all number one, the... Wheat was nice and red, and the canola seeds were nice and plump. The peas came off 
they were amazing. Yeah, came back at 98% germ for our, our pea seed. And uh, yeah, everything's just looking awesome. Jennifer and Jordan Lindgren, along with their four children, own and operate Lindgren Farms at Norquay. Here are the top agriculture stories for the week of October 16, 2023. The federal government announced $219 million for a 60% share of an agri-recovery payment targeted at livestock producers in areas of western Canada that were impacted by drought. Saskatchewan committed its 40% two months ago. The Canada-Saskatchewan Feed Program will cover 70% of extraordinary costs related to feed purchase and transportation, as well as pasture rentals. Producers will need to submit receipts or documents with their application to Saskatchewan Crop Insurance, which is administering the program. Funding will be provided to eligible producers as an initial payment of up to $150 per head to help maintain the breeding herd in drought regions. Dairy Farmers of Canada recommending that an upcoming adjustment to the farm gate price of milk be delayed amid ongoing food inflation and pressure on the food industry to stabilize prices. Dairy Farmers of Canada President David Ween says the organization recommended that the Canadian Dairy Commission delay any price adjustment until further notice. The recommendation comes after the Canadian Federation of Independent Grocers last week called for a pause on any further increases to milk prices. This year, the Commission's formula determined that price could go up 1.77% in February. However, if one or more stakeholders invoke a, quote, exceptional circumstance mechanism, which the independent grocers did, the price adjustment will instead be set through consultations. A new bill has been introduced in Parliament to make it easier for new imported seed, feed and crop protection products to receive regulatory approval in Canada. Bill C-359 was put forward by Nova Scotia Liberal MP Cody Blow, who was also chair of the House of Commons Agriculture Committee. He said it will shorten the period it takes to approve new technology. Bill C-359 is being supported by several organizations. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Keith Curry called it a common-sense, no-cost measure. Representatives from the Canadian Cattle Association and Grain Growers of Canada also expressed support for Bill C-359. Turner Valley RCMP received a report of two cow carcasses that were dumped after being slaughtered about 70 kilometres southwest of Calgary. Photos from the RCMP Livestock Investigations Unit show the brands on both animals' left shoulders had been tampered with. One of the cows was black, the other red. Anyone with information can make an anonymous tip through Crime Stoppers. Farm Credit Canada established a new replacement heifer loan program to assist producers maintaining or expanding their herds. FCC Chief Operations Officer Sophie Perot says ranchers are making decisions on how to best manage their herds prior to winter. She says the loan will reduce cash flow pressures for producers in dry regions on the prairies. The new program is a loan with a maximum two-year period of interest and a maximum term of seven years. The variable interest rate will be capped at prime plus 1.5% and the loan processing fee will be waived as well. 
The FCC Heifer Replacement Program has the support of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association, which said it will help producers rebuild or maintain their herds following consecutive years of drought over much of West Central and Southwest Saskatchewan, as well as East Central and Southeast Alberta. Statistics Canada estimated the national beef inventory at 10.3 million head earlier this year. That's a 4% decline from 2017. Russia destroyed nearly 300,000 tons of grain in Ukrainian port facilities since July, according to information released by Ukraine's government. The country's deputy prime minister says the damage on Ukrainian ports reduced the country's grain export potential by 40 percent. That includes port facilities on both the Black Sea and Danube River. Despite the damage, Ukraine reports 21 grain-loaded vessels have used a new corridor in the Black Sea since August. Under the old corridor, sanctioned by both Russia and the United Nations, Ukraine was able to move much more grain, an estimated 33 million tons, with 60% going to African and Asian countries. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, tell your friends, and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.